Now, you're talking about Elul, Elul. which this starts tonight Correct. on the Hebrew calendar. And you're sharing how it means the king is in the field. That's right. He's with us this 30 days in the same way that he walked with the disciples after his resurrection. And there's this training ground. It's this preparation time. He's preparing them because he's about to leave and said, I'm going to be with you always. I'm going to be near you just like this. And so he's having to teach them a new way. That you're just to understand how to engage him, how to relate, to, and how to walk with him now as a, as the resurrected Lord, and to not be afraid that they're not going to be able to see him, and so they have to learn how to hear his voice, how to respond more as a as a sheep to a shepherd when he calls them to know his voice as opposed to others, and that's what we're doing. And part of coming on today, since March, God's been really talking to me about this calendar and how. Uh, as Christians, we just don't really grasp it, and we're missing. You know, we want to, if we really want to be wide open, we need to understand that He wants to talk to us in so many more ways than we're aware of. And you know, this radio station, we get to do that musically. Uh, some years ago, I remember Corey was saying, "You really need to play EDM," and I was going, "Yeah, that's not going to happen," and because it just wasn't. <laughs> but it did. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it wasn't my language. But you know, as time went by and persistence, and she's very persistent. Uh, I didn't realize that we have got to have that ability to speak, even if it's not our language. We can't neglect uh, those that are that are crying out. And so uh, that was a wonderful addition. Tomorrow night you'll have uh, uh, Goshen Sile begin with Underground Revival. Wonderful, wonderful program. Saturday Night City Takers will be hip-hop. Again, not my favorite style, but again, it speaks. And we've, yes. got, to, we've got to have ears to hear is what I guess what I'm saying. Yes. And and so the same thing goes within this concept of a calendar. God is trying to give us ears to hear daily to wake up and engage him and say, I am my beloved. My beloved is mine. To have this interrelation, this marriage relationship with God. And so the biblical calendar is much more than a series of days and weeks and months. It's a well-crafted song that God has been singing over us for nearly 6,000 years. It's about time we learned the song, I think. The song is meant to woo us, to draw near and to see that he is with us and for us. Since we're looking at the biblical calendar as a chiasmus, in other words, it's that poetic structure where the line flips on the second half, and it's kind of the same words, but it flips. So I'm going to be grouping the three winter months together, beginning with what's their 10th month, Tibet, which is split between our December, January. So we're going to kind of, kind of go looking at how we would look at a Gregorian calendar. We're going to walk it through, and then we're going to compare these with the summer months that we're in right now, all right? So I'm going to go back, and we're just going to talk about a couple of months and what's in them. So as you go through the normal Gregorian calendar of life, you'll uh, you realize uh, that these things are in, God's ready to encounter you in a different way because it's this month, all right? So the month of Tibet is, uh, like I said, December, January time. The 25th of Kislev, the month before, is the beginning of Hanukkah. You grew up with Hanukkah, loving Hanukkah because you got more gifts during Hanukkah. You, of course. Instead of just Christmas, you get, you love Christmas too, mind you. But uh, Hanukkah was great because you have eight nights <laughs> and uh, you just keep going on and on and on and the gifts keep coming. So eight days long. So to vet that month starts, it always begins during the celebration. So originally, Hanukkah was an eight-day festival celebrating the Maccabees' recapture of the Second Temple from the Syrian Greeks. And it's this miraculous rededication when one day's oil lasts eight days and it's marked by the kindling of lights on a menorah, all right? But 
200 years later, we see the real relevance of it. It was when Gabriel first appeared to Mary and Jesus was conceived of the Holy Spirit. That's Hanukkah. He most likely was born nine months later on the first of Tishri or Rosh Hashanah, which is in 30 days. So, yeah, obviously, you can do the math there and see that uh, Hanukkah is now four months away. So, you can kind of walk through. So, that month of, of Tibet is uh, kind of a special time, but you're encountering Jesus revealing himself that way. So, you're saying that we can celebrate Christmas in 30 days. Jesus yes, being born in 30 days. If you want to do it correctly, yes. Not so you December 25th. You get you get twice as many presents. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying. So we can put up the tree. <laughs> no, we can drink pumpkin not, spice and peppermint mocha. It, and You apparently can't find that creamer anymore. I so know. I know so. <laughs> Somebody, okay, my friend Jennifer, she was at Kroger, and she found pumpkin spice creamer like a week or two ago, and I told her, I was like, I need that in my life. But then I went, and they were out of it. So I guess they had it, and then they sold out. Just the season. So, uh... That's one of the reasons where you encounter God in Tibet is that revealing of himself as the light of the world. So the 10th of Tibet is a fast day. It commemorates the start of the siege of Jerusalem in the year 589 B.C. That was the beginning of the destruction of the first temple two and a half years later on the 9th of Av. So amazingly, here's what's just mind-blowing sometimes how God has done this in the calendar. But the conception of Jesus is right beside a foreshadowing of his crucifixion. Zechariah includes this fast among three others that will become days of joy and gladness and good festivals in the time of the Messiah. No one would ever comprehend what that meant except to say that when Jesus came, they were going to crucify him, but that would turn into joy. But who could even comprehend that? Mm. Of course, we get to know that. So Tevet not only links backward to the month of Kislev, it links forward to uh, Shavat and Adar as Esther was taken to King Azurus's palace in the 10th month, which is the month of Tevet. So all of this, if you know the story of Purim, uh, he goes to get Esther. So this is where that even begins, all right, this, in the early month. And we'll show you where that ends. So that's the first month. So we're encountering God as the light. Shavet, January through February, the 11th month, counting from Nisan. The high point of the month is a holiday of 15 Shavat is the new year for trees. Now, do we celebrate a tree? Sure. It's the day when the sap begins to rise in the fruit trees in Israel. It's the start of the new growing season. So you're thanking God that he's providing the very things that you need in life. So it's just a time to be thankful for his provision, even in the cold time of winter, because in this hidden place, there's life. That you, no matter how you look at it, he's still bringing life. All right, next month, the third month of their year is Adar. It's the February through March. March again, their months kind of hit about midway through ours. So Adar, that's the twelfth month, counting from Nisan. On the fourteenth, we celebrate uh, Mordecai and Esther's triumph over the wicked Haman. That's the spirit of Purv makes Adar a time of unmatched rejoicing and good fortune for all Jewish people. The Talmud said, when the month of Adar arrives, we increase in joy to welcome a season of miracles. And Adar denotes strength and power. During leap years, you actually get a second month added to the calendar. And appropriately, they chose Adar as the month to do that with because it's a miraculous month. The seventh of Adar is when Moses was born and the day he died. Adar was also the last month the Jews spent in Egypt before the Exodus. A little trivia there. To sum up the events of the winter months of Tavat, Shavat, and Adar, long-fought Maccabean War, 
much stronger, more powerful Syrian regime who defiled the temple. We fast, we mourn Nebuchadnezzar's siege of Jerusalem, which would end in destruction. It begins. We fast because of Haman's murderous attack on the Jews, but there's room for celebration because the war ends in victory for the brave Maccabees. You celebrate Hanukkah, and thanks to Haman's miraculous utter defeat, we celebrate Purim. Most importantly, we welcome the conception of Christ, the long-awaited Messiah. That's the three months, first months of the Jewish calendar. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to realize that we're going to compare these with the months we're in right now, the summer months. You might think, well, they wouldn't go together, but it turns out they do. The Jewish summer months of Tammuz, Av, and Elul include a three-week time of mourning called uh, Beit Hametzerim. There's a lot to mourn for. It's when the golden calf happens, the broken tablets, the bad report of the 12 spies, Israel's 40-year death sentence in the desert, both destructions of the temple and Jerusalem. World War I began, paved the way for the Holocaust, and lots more bad news. After the exile in Babylon, the Jews used the names of months common in Babylon as a reminder of God's faithfulness in delivering them. And they even deliberately included Tammuz, which was the name of an idol, to remind themselves of the judgment that came from their idolatry. Right? So as you look from that winter months into the summer, at the end of winter during Purim and March, we experienced the first horseman glimpse. Then as midsummer arrived in mid-July and the fast of Ben Hamatsrim, the first horseman glimpse returned. So what happened a month and a half, say two months ago, uh, in terms of the horseman? Well, the first horseman, its rider held a bow, was given a crown, rode out as a conqueror, bent on conquest. So I guess the question for me is, why did the first horse glimpse occur during Purim in March? And again, during this three-month fasting period, or three-week fasting period of Ben Hametzrim. Those are the only appointed days specifically about a crown, a king, and a conqueror that has been on conquest and destruction in all of the holy days in the biblical calendar. And I guess one thing to tell you is, uh, if you studied these four horsemen glimpses with me in the spring, this isn't a second wave. It's a second opportunity for Christians to fight and win because the church and the world lost the first wave in the spring and the early summer, the first horseman glimpse. So deception one, division one, separation one, it's still winning every day. The thief in the form of this first horseman is stealing, killing, and destroying at will. And we seem to be powerless to stop him because we're demanding our rights, justice, and not walking in peace. The church cannot afford to have any purpose other than to shine Jesus' light, to love, to forgive, to do everything he did. To those at the cross, it looked like he was losing, but he wasn't. And we have to remember these seasons are given us so we can remember the 12 spies and Caleb and Joshua's bold stand. We can remember Mordecai and Esther's faith. Their confidence wasn't in themselves, but God. So as these seasons come like they are right now, we have these heroes of the faith that we can look back on and say, okay, this is how we should be responding. So even as the rest of the horsemen arrive, the first horseman doesn't exit or stop. So right now, that first horseman's still going on. He's going to continue conquering on a grand scale. He's going to attack authority, rights, freedom, justice. But this wave will be different, and it already has been in the last few months. He's conquering the areas of our individual compromises where God hasn't been given authority I did an extensive teaching on that on the 9th of Av, so I'm not going to go there again. But uh, that's just a quick look at the winter. We're going to come back and look at Elul and how that affects and balances out things next.